welcome to the Christ and All podcast. My name is Taylor Easley, and as always, I am joined by Chad Hunsberger. How are you doing? All is well. I think that answer might even play into what we're about to talk about. <laughs> well, actually, you are right. Um, what we are going to address today would be kind of a heavy subject, and especially in our current culture. Um so what our question is, is what does scripture say about depression? And before you answer that, I think actually I'd be curious, have you ever been depressed? Because you're kind of a happy-go-lucky guy. I, I, I don't know that I have ever been clinically depressed um, in the sense of certainly I have talked to uh, counselors before and find them very helpful. Um, and I would say that, I mean, we could ask them. They never use that term with me um, to describe like uh, particular moments. And by moments, I genuinely mean there are uh, parts of days uh, or that that can feel more depressing uh, than others. Um, and and for me, I can like think back to very specific times where I'm thinking, I think that was. A, a depression-like moment. Uh, again, I want to be careful with that term because there's both the the emotion of depressed, right? Uh, and then there is the clinically defined depression, um, which comes with other layers with it. And which so... Which we will talk about today. Yeah. I think... Um, well, the the question starts with what does scripture tell us about depression as though scripture talks about depression. So we have to know, does it, um, before we can answer, what does it say? I, I think, yes, it does speak to both of those. Although I think, so there's a text I'm going to read in just a minute that the psalmist writes, right? I don't know that, that there would have been the term for clinical depression in, you know, B.C., uh, era. So uh, that certainly wouldn't have been there, but uh, sadness, grief, sorrow, lamentation, uh, all of these words would have certainly been there or words like them. Um, and and seasons of deep sorrow are certainly reflected in scripture that make it appear uh, like like a clinical type of depression. Um, so yeah, I, I think it it is... Um, it exists in Scripture in that way, and I think it it actually seems to uh, give permission that that depression can uh, exist. Uh, so, so that means we can't dismiss it as just "Hey, get over it, uh, pull yourself up, you know, uh, slap yourself in the face, throw some water on it, and like you'll be fine. Uh, just smile through it." Um, Fake it till you make it. Yeah, all of those things that that we know get said, even to yourself. Like we say it to ourselves as much as somebody else says it to us. Uh, probably even more so than as somebody says it to us. Um, especially now, I mean, people are seem to be wiser than they were even ten years ago. When it comes to psychology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, so I would say that there's, there's probably been some moments in my life and even in the last few years, um, that I would, I would point to that, but certainly not to, to the level that would 
kind of require intervention. I'll put it that way. Um, the Lord has been really gracious to me in that. I got plenty of other issues, concerns, challenges, um, but that hasn't been the one uh, to for me. Um, and again, I, I think what I'm one of the things I would want p- listeners to to know and hear is that um, one that Scripture does speak to it, and I'll address that in just a, min- a minute. Two, um, like that, that Jesus Himself even has experienced our like life here on earth. Mm-hmm. So the grief and sorrow and pain that you may feel, uh, he, he was exposed to. Um, I don't, I don't, wouldn't at all say that he's, uh, you know, had a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. I I don't know that that's the way he experienced those things, but I know that he has experienced humanity, Mm -hmm. right? In its Mm -hmm. fullest. And so all of those pieces and parts that come with it, uh, like all of those emotions, I think he he carried uh, in unique ways. I also think it's helpful to know that uh, depression is not necessarily sin. There are times I think that it can be rooted in sin. I think there are times that it can be unhealthy um, to carry it for too long or to. And what I mean by uh, how it's rooted in sin is when. Um, it, it is causing you to doubt the Lord and his provision, or it is, uh, and, and doubt in that way can be unhealthy, or when it is, uh, right, right, fear, we know fear is not from the Lord, and so we, we would say, okay, those, those things are sometimes intertwined. Anger, sometimes those are intertwined, and so, uh, so I, we want to be careful to say it doesn't mean that all sadness or all depression is sin, or even yeah, most. A product of sin. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So I think, I think there are people though that believe that uh, maybe of themselves. Oh, that means I'm currently sinning because I'm depressed or because I'm sad. And I would want to caution that. Uh, I, again, it could be that the Spirit is convicting you of something else, and you do need to repent of that. But uh, don't add unnecessary guilt to your depression uh, when when you're already feeling sad or depressed. Um, but here's what I would say that probably the passage that I go to most when I think about depression is Psalm 42 and 43. So, um, that, that when originally written was probably written as one Psalm. Um, it's interesting why they would have ever been split. It's not a major (laughs) like problem, but there's, there's, this is the passage, right? So if you think about famous passages that uh, we were talking about this with David a few weeks ago, he talked about like the bumper stickers and whatever, but, but it starts with, as the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for the, the O Lord. And, and so there's this picture. And when we first hear that, I think most of us think about this like pleasant idea that a deer calmly, peacefully panting for the water brook. And, but, um, that's not what that's intending, really. If you read the rest of it in context, it's like I'm dying of thirst. <laughs> I'm without the thing that I need, and I'm I'm yeah I'm parched. Like I I the deer is panting for the water brooks, not grazing by the water and drinking it. <laughs> like the deer is in need, but the 
it, it, I mean, we're talking about intense terminology. Verse three says, my tears have been food. It means I'm, I'm like, I'm not even eating. I'm just drinking my sorrows. I'm through my tears, right? Uh, I pour out my soul, these kind of things. Like, but here's, here's what happens in this, in these two Psalms together, there is one like refrain and it's said three different times, which is why most people think that it used to be one, but because it's precisely the same all three times. And so it says this, why are you cast down? O my soul, why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. So again, that's in verse five. That's again in verse 11. And then in, uh, 43, it is in 43.5. So same thing. And, and here's what's happening. Uh, as it goes through, as, as the, the psalmist is talking to the Lord and talking to himself, he's kind of interchanging in this conversation. And he, he's saying to himself, why self are you cast down? Why are you depressed? Why are you so heavy? Why is your soul like in turmoil within this body? right? So uh, depression can do things to us physically, right? So uh, I mentioned not being able to get out of the bed. I mean, it's like when our, our body won't do what our body is designed to do. It's like it, it so we, we have different uh, eating that happens and we have different exercise that needs to happen and we have different sleep patterns that happen. And it's like everything, I mean, literally everything from like I mean, you can get more acne because of it. Like your hair can fall out or it can turn gray as mine did. You know, it's like uh, whatever the case is, right? But, but that's your, like the turmoil that's happening. But, but what happens to the psalmist here is this preaching to himself when right after saying, why are you cast down? Why are you in turmoil? He says, hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. He is reminding himself, okay, in the depth, in the dark, in the panting for the water brooks. In fact, in this, uh, another spot in there, it says um, that deep calls to deep, the roar of your waterfalls or your breakers and your waves have gone over me. I need you to imagine what he's describing is this picture of being at the bottom of a waterfall. And every time you, you come up for the grasp of air, more water goes in your throat and you're, you're drowning, right? And that the, the experience that that is ongoing, uh, anxiety, trip, depression, kind of feeling beat down. And right after that, again, he says, hope in God. I will again praise him for he is my savior and my God. And so what I would say that scripture says, this is not the only place. So you can go to the book of Lamentations. Uh, it's a book of Lamentations, of lament. Uh, there are plenty of other psalms of lamentation that takes place. Um, but, but what ultimately uh, scripture is reminding us that you do have, it's like you have to preach to yourself the truth that you know. I know that God is still in control. All right, God is in control. I know that joy comes in the morning. I know that his mercies are new every morning. That's not talking about when the sun rises at 5.17 a.m. or 6.24 a.m. It is talking about the the newness, right? There's a, a new day, a new time, and in the season of dark at midnight, 
that there is a morning coming, right? And in the morning, praise his name, hope in God, praise his name for in that. And so it's it's like, uh, it's not telling you you're going to, like the psalmist is not saying you're not under the waterfall, is not saying you're not panting. It's not saying that you know, it's not hard to get up in the morning, that you're in that cloud or that fog that you're feeling or you're, you're not able to make the decisions you need to make. Um, it's saying still hope in God, yeah. even in it. Why are you cast down? Why are you this way? It's like, I can, I can imagine the, the writer, uh, like taking a deep breath. Why are you cast down? Like almost yelling at himself, hoping God, I'm going to praise him. He's my savior. He's my God, meaning he's never left me. So my Savior and my God never leaves, never goes away, never, uh, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing, you know, nothing, angels, no principalities, no rulers, nothing, height, no depth, nothing uh, can separate us. And so there's that kind of beautiful reminder in Scripture that, yeah, in some ways it's like it validates that depression is real and that we suffer from it, uh, grief, sorrow, sadness, as well as clinical depression, and that even through it, we hope in God. So I feel like uh, if I am, yeah, if I'm walking through that uh, right now, what I would want you to hear, if you are walking through, let me say it that way, uh, what I would want you to hear is um, it doesn't mean that God's left your side. It doesn't mean that um, that you're even wrong for feeling those feelings. Uh, instead, hope in God and praise him through it. Uh, and that's hard. I don't want to try to pretend like, oh, you just, again, uh, just do the, just do it because it's easy or fake it till you make it. Um, but instead, um, remember you can still hope in him and, uh, like don't stop doing things that might be hard. This is a practical piece, but like be with the faith family, be with the people of God. Um, as, as much as you can, um, because like, let them sing for you when you can't sing, um, hear the truth, even when you don't want to hear it, uh, sit under the, the richness of God's word, like be in the word. Uh, I remember talking to a, a sweet sister of mine who was grieving something pretty intensely. And, uh, she was like, I didn't, I didn't want to read the Bible because I already knew what he was going to say, right? And I didn't want to feel that. I wanted to be in my feels about the other. And, um, but, man, when you go there and he's still faithful and he's still good and he hasn't left, uh, it's like, okay, I did need to hear that. I did need to be reminded. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, it's good for us on a heavy, heavy topic like this, but to be reminded, um, hope in God. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I guess I have another question to kind of follow up with these things. Um, if there is somebody who, who does believe all these truths and has taken the time to over and over and over again, remind themselves that God is faithful and yet still feels like they're drowning, what do you recommend? Yeah, I think a couple things. Um, I, I, I want to be really careful because I'm not a clinician, right? But I, I think a step 
um, while staying in the Word. So this is not, uh, this, this is in addition, right? This is not, uh, this is not something like, well, do those things, and if they don't work, then turn to this. I would say, do those things and do this. I would say, uh, it would be good to talk to, I just used the word clinician, but I would say talk to a professional counselor. Um, seek that out. I would say a Christian biblical counselor. Um, not that there's not help in others, but I think what we're really looking for is a, a qualified uh, Christian counselor. And, and if you need help finding one of those, please reach out to the church. Absolutely. Um, we have a list of people that we uh, recommend um, and feel really good about, and so definitely do that. So I would say the find a Christian counselor um, and then allow them to speak into um, some of what you're experiencing and to be able to learn, okay, is there something more uh, practically that might need to take place or even potentially medically? Um, again, there are some things that uh, happen chemically that I am not experienced enough to speak to, but am aware enough in conversations that I've intentionally had with counselors and uh, doctors to, to find out, okay, tell me about what that does and how that works. And um, yeah, there are, you don't want to remove all emotions from yourself, right? Um, so you want to be careful of that. However, uh, it is, there are times where medicine, whether for a season or for even potentially a lifetime, um, become necessary in order to help appropriately balance. And so, um, again, I think I, I would be cautious of sprinting to that um, when when mm, there might be something uh, less invasive, if that makes sense. But I would not be opposed to it at all. Like the, there's a variety of medicines that we use for everything from surgeries to headaches and and everything in between, including uh, the chemical challenges that come with those anxiety, depression. And so I would say, you know, seek out the counsel first and learn, okay, is that something you think I might need? That's how I would probably phrase that question to a, a counselor um, without saying, hey, I need you to get me some meds. But hey, is that something you think based on your knowledge of me after a session or two, you think I need to pursue some medical intervention? And so that's, that's a healthy way to go about that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think there's been a lot of ups and downs and opinions when it comes to medication yeah, and taking sure. it. And there's a lot of people that um, think, well, I'm definitely not ever right, going right, to take right. it because uh, that will make me certifiably crazy <laughs> or um, yeah, even just, I would never, uh, change my personality yeah. or whatever. And that's why, that is the why I think it should be a biblical Christian counselor because they are going to come at it with, you're an image bearer of God and you have been created by God. Um, and and if they're a healthy one, uh, certainly, that's going to be kind of priority for them. Um, but to consider what are some best practices they, they're going to know more about, like what medicines uh, interfere uh, more with other part, other areas of life uh, than others. And so they're going to be able to speak into that in ways that I certainly wouldn't be able to, but would right. recommend them. Right. Um, yes, absolutely. I 100% agree. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you would like to add today? 
I would say, yeah, reach out. Don't, don't live in that by yourself ever. Um, so if that means starting with reaching out to a, a, a fellow church member, if it means reaching out to somebody on staff or an elder or women's advisory council, um, or if that means reaching out to uh, even more professional level help with a counselor, don't, don't try to walk this alone. In fact, I would probably say do both of those, right? So um, if you're reaching out to a counselor, also have a, a fellow brother or sister in Christ know that you're in that, uh, that they can be praying for you, that they can be lifting you up and encouraging you in that season. Absolutely. Yeah. We are not meant to do this alone. So uh, I want to encourage you to go back and read Psalm 42 and 43 because they are so rich and good. And remember to hope in God, especially if you feel like you're sitting under that dark cloud. Um, I think that's all we have for today. So thank you for listening to the Christ and All podcast. A new episode airs each Wednesday. If this episode has been interesting or helpful to you, you can subscribe and share this on your favorite social media platform. If you have a question or a topic you'd like for us to talk about, please, please, please send that to info at colonialheights.org. We love getting your questions. We look forward to hearing from you. And thanks for listening.